that's one of the things that upsets me the most is that these small incidences pile up and create a narrative. These individual instances are never really investigated. There's not really a consistent response by the district that says, you know what, we've looked at this, and yes, in 1988, one child transferred into the district and was a very troubled child and and wrote a, a very bad word, and the word was immediately taken down. The school, you know, immediately tried to discipline it and help that child. Uh, you know, that's 32 years ago. That That's still a current topic. And a lot of these instances, I, I call them kind of urban legends, you know, where somebody says this was chanted at a football game or, or, or this, you know, was said or whatever. And the thing that really bothers me the most is a lot of those stories say that the teachers heard it and condoned it. The coaches heard it and condoned it and didn't do anything to stop it. If they heard that and condoned it, I, I don't want my tax dollars to pay their pension. But nor do I want somebody to make that accusation with no investigation, no background, and then that flavor us internationally. Welcome to the Eans Parents United podcast. I'm your host, Aaron Silva. Join me for meaningful conversations and timely information about Ian's school district. It's past, present, and where we hope, for the good of our children, it's heading. Now that we've covered Ian's history, we're going to step fully into the present, starting with a deep dive into some recent stories about Ian's and Westlake that we believe paint a misleading and sometimes flat-out dishonest picture of Ian's and its character. This episode is driven by a love for Eans and the Westlake Hills community at large and a motivation to defend its character and determine the truth about these stories. So let's talk about the facts versus the fiction. So in the first couple episodes of our Eans Parents Unite podcast, I purposely spent a great amount of time focusing on the facts, our history, the shared legacy of everyone that is here. And we also brought in alumni to validate and stand up those facts. These are indisputable because these are in the historical record and they're in the recollection of these astute uh, members of our community. So now we're going to step into the present. Uh, So like you heard from my guest at the top of the show, uh, Rex Hoover, he's confused and concerned about why some of these myths and uh, rumors continue to hang over the school and how these ideas are driving policy today. He's confused as an alumni because it didn't exist, and he's confused um, and concerned as a parent because it doesn't exist for his students. You know, I'm com- I'm concerned as an as someone coming in from the outside that these things are being said when they're not necessarily true. And the four things I wanted to talk about in the podcast, there's probably many we could go into, but there's four uh, primary ones. One is that that uh, the Eanes ISD School District and Westlake High School was formed under the pretense of racism. Uh, the second one, the second one has to do with an incident that occurred back in the 80s, uh, 32 years ago or so, uh, at a 
with a with a, a gentleman that came from the outside that um, you know did something completely inappropriate and dumb like a lot of kids do and how that affects us and the third one is about this rumor relative to chanting at football games that we're white we're rich we're westlake and then the fourth one uh, really is different from the first three and that the first three are in this um, area of uh, racist uh, context the fourth one has to do with a mask ripping incident that allegedly occurred in the fall of 2021 the pretense of the school beginning as a race for racist purposes uh, to maybe separate itself, the district and or the school to separate itself from Austin because Austin, I don't know, was was more diverse or had more color or whatever it might be. I don't think there's anything that I could find that would substantiate uh, this claim. Clearly, the independence of the community was at the forefront of the motivating factors that made the district become its own district. As you recall, the AISD wanted to um, annex in Ean School District, and the community was concerned that that was the first step of a process to where Westlake and the community would be annexed into Austin as a whole. And remember, mo- a good you know, ha- let's say half of the population out here were people that has- had escaped from Austin. And we're coming out into the hills. And then the rest of the people were the, uh, as one of my guests said, the hicks from the sticks. They weren't looking to break away from a racial group in Austin. They just didn't want to be part of what Austin was bringing to the table as far as taxes and regulations and other things that would you know, create conformity that they were moving away from in the first place. I couldn't find anything researching uh, news articles and the historical record and narratives written by third parties and people familiar with the times that lived in the times. And certainly there was nothing from my guests that would support any of this. So I think that first myth is um, debunked. And I know it's been written uh, recently, just I think last June, I read an article of a gentleman in Austin that wrote a very controversial article talking about how, uh, you know, how racial yeah, uh, this uh, community is. I just, I don't think it's fair and it's it's not founded. So the, the second myth comes from an incident that uh, Rex talked about, which happened, I think, about 32 years ago. We had a, a student that was transferred into the district. He was a uh, troubled student and he, you know, was, a, was an idiot. This uh, young man came in and uh, before an athletic game, it might have been a football game or a baseball game, he went and spray painted the N-word on the dugout or on the back of the dugout or on the wall leading to the field. Uh, and the, the, the game was going to be played against Austin ISD. And he did it in a place that clearly all the players would see on their way into the, the field. This uh, student was uh, disciplined. The Obviously, the graffiti was taken down immediately. And um, people aren't sure, but he might have actually been expelled from the district for that or expelled from the high school. But the the least of it is that it was dealt with, and it was an incident. It was an isolated incident. What compounds this this myth is the suggestion that that the teachers and the principals and the administration and the coaches, they didn't do anything about it. And that's just just not true either. Something was done about it. The suggestion that um, it was condoned, that would suggest that it's systemic. And it's, it's clearly not. 
it was by no way, shape, or form representative of the student body at that time or the parents of the student body at that time. But for some reason, uh, this incident lives um, out there. And when you take this uh, myth and you combine it with the myth of the beginning of the school district and the school and the pretense of racism, they become corroborating uh, mythical factors that uh, people turn into fact. And it's it's just something that's not fair to the community. Another point I'll make is that, uh, you know, we have something like 30,000 people living here, and I've got to think the majority of them are people from outside of the area, other states like myself. And the idea that if racism was here and it was a foundational principle of the community, how could it survive and thrive with so many people coming from the outside with different views? You know, I think it's, uh, it's just unfair, unnecessary, and it's something we, we have to let go and, and go forward. For this podcast to work and for us to achieve these common goals, we have to have a conversation. And so I want to encourage any of our listeners to write in, to call in, to go to the website, leave the comments, put comments on the bottom of the podcast. I only ask that you don't do it anonymously because one of the things that has torn down the conversation is too many people using electronic platforms to do things anonymously and not having the courage to put down what they think with their name next to it. I'm here putting down what I have to say with my name out there, and so will the guests that we invite on this program, and so we'd like to ask that from you. The next myth I want to talk about is the um, the one that our kids are chanting, we're rich, we're white, we're Westlake at football games. Um, so first thing I want you to do is just close your eyes for a moment if you've ever been to a Westlake football game and ask yourself, <laughs> is that even possible? I mean, a group of kids sitting in the stands doing this? I mean, it's just it's just uh it's just laughable. I don't even know how. Um, my understanding, though, is there was an incident at a football game where uh, opposing uh, children that were at the game, some girls, were taunting in the parking lot or somewhere thereabouts, you know, you're rich, you're white, you're Westlake, you know, this type of thing. You know, whether, wherever it happened, it, it it's not as material as the fact that it didn't happen. But you take these myths, and you think they're innocent, um, but they but they do they do hang with us. And as recently as June of 2021, a very substantial article was written by a journalist, quote unquote journalist, and uh, he puts in there, um, quote, at football games, students would chant, "We're rich, we're white, we're Westlake." In this article is uh, you know also all kinds of other things that um, aren't true and are just completely unnecessary. And so these myths have a life of their own. And so here we are getting a, you know, certainly in Austin area, great embarrassment. This article is going across Texas, probably has been seen in other, across the country. And it reminds me of a, another myth, 
that we're dealing with, and this has to do not with a racist, a, a myth around racism or a rumor around racism, but it has to do with the uh, a mask ripping incident that occurred at the beginning of la- of this last school year. Supposedly, there was um, during the open house, uh, parents open house before the the in the parents orientation uh, before a school. Um, people, we were still at that phase in the fall of twenty one where, you know. You walk indoors, you wear a mask, you, you know, you're outside, you don't have to wear a mask. And people, you know, you weren't quite differentiating yet whether you were vaccinated. And, you know, this, uh, it, it was just as, um, you know, it wasn't, whatever it was, uh, people were wearing masks. I think when we went to the open um, house, we wore masks, we were required to wear masks. And so were the teachers. Well, as the rumor goes, there was an argument that uh, broke out between some parents and a principal or parents and a teacher that supposedly the parents complained, hey, I can't hear you. Take that damn mask off. They were not happy to be in a mask themselves and were yelling at um, a teacher, you know, to do this. An argument ensued and someone, a parent, ripped the mask off this teacher's face. This uh, incident, alleged incident, hit, you know, the social networks here in the community rapidly and spread like wildfire. And, um, there's some some folks uh, here. I won't name who they are. You've asked me not to name them, but they certainly uh, are happy with me talking about them. Very authoritative figures that immediately uh, thereafter reached out to every principal of every school in the Eanes District and asked to find out if there was an incident like this or even close to it at their school. And every single principal reported back there was no incident. Uh, they went to the sheriff's department, the constable's office, the, and no, no, uh, no crime or incident reported by anyone. But what you did know is on CNN, our um, superintendent was talking to uh, reporters at CNN National News about um, how everything was getting out of control and, and this had happened. And, of course, it didn't happen. And so here's another example of where we, we took a myth and the, the school didn't take the time, to the leadership of the school apparently did not take the time to corroborate it, to understand if it really happened. And now we're national news. And it, uh, it you know, besmirches our reputation. It's not necessary. And it kind of further drives, um, you know, division when the um, purpose of the discussion was supposedly to talk about, you know, this behavior should not be going on, which I agree it should not be going on because that's dividing us, it never happened. But sometimes the lure of uh, national news and recognition is, uh, you know, the vanity of it is like a tough to escape. Thanks for tuning in this week to the Eans Parents Unite podcast. Our sincere hope is that this episode starts an active discussion about the truth of the Eanes Independent School District and its academic and moral character. Please feel free to reach out and give your perspective on these topics. We need that discussion to make this podcast work. And a sincere thank you again for listening and providing me your feedback. This podcast is brought to you by Eanes Kids First, ensuring that Eanes prioritizes our children's well-being honors parental rights, and unites our incredible community. To learn more about our mission or to donate to our cause, please visit us at eanskids.com. That's E-A-N-E-S kids.com. Kids.